0: And it's important to not get too ahead of yourself and say, in five years, I want to have written for this publication, have these awards. And you know, don't get discouraged if you don't meet that goal or if you don't get that award or that assignment doesn't get picked up. It will happen if you just continue to learn from it and listen to the feedback in yourself and don't be afraid to change that vision and readjust it to what's happening in your life and what you want to be happening.
1: Welcome to the Genius Women Podcast. I'm your host, Yulia Denisuk, an award-winning travel photographer and writer with work in some incredible publications like National Geographic, Farm Magazine, and more. And this year, you'll see my name in places like Condé Nast Traveler. I'm on a mission to help other women who want to grow their travel storytelling careers go after their dreams while feeling supported, worthy, and bold. If you're ready to ditch your fear and doubt to the side, step into your brilliance and take action on your dreams, you're in the right place. Let's go. Today, we're speaking with Brianna Wilson, a travel writer, content creator, and trip designer running motorcycle tours in Mongolia. Our conversation with Brianna is one of my favorites we did on this podcast to date, and I seem to be saying that a lot lately. Brianna left her life in Los Angeles behind to pursue a path that's anything but traditional. I love speaking to her about courage, authenticity, the definition of accomplishment, saying no to things that aren't aligned with your vision, and having the time and the stillness to listen to our souls and hear what they really want. Brianna is based in Tbilisi, Georgia, and we talked about what makes Georgia so special as well. I love the way Brianna talks about her path. She says that having traveled the world covering the most insane adventures and travel experiences, she isn't the most accomplished writer, the craziest adventure on the planet, or the most accomplished in anything really. But it's her fearless attitude in pursuing her most authentic life that makes her accomplished in her own right. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to support the show, the best way to do so is to share a piece of our content. That helps us out so much. Share our content, subscribe to our podcast, follow us on Instagram, and if you feel like it, leave us a podcast review. All that helps us out so much. It helps us grow and spread our message. So that's really the best way you can support us. All right, now on to the chat with Brianna. Brianna, I am so, so, so excited to welcome you to our podcast. I think you're such an amazing and inspirational person. I've been following you for a while on Instagram and just really living vicariously through you and through your Georgia and Mongolia adventures. I'm so excited uh, to welcome
0: you to our show. I'm so honored to be a part of it. How are you doing? How are things in Georgia right now? I'm doing well. Georgia is, I mean, I feel very lucky being here. Georgia is fairly open at the moment. So I've been able to explore and kind of wander about freely over the last few months. So yeah, my curiosity for the country has been growing with each kind of adventure and each new thing that I discover here. Everything from Mount Kazbek to recently going up to Buck Morrow, which is this very remote mountain village that was covered in snow this last weekend. I've been keeping myself very entertained, which has been very nice.
1: Oh, amazing, amazing. Yes, I love I love seeing all your adventures and Kazbeg, that mountain is it's it, it plays a big uh role in the imagination of a person from former Soviet Union, me. <laughs> Someone like me. It's really exciting for me to to see everything you're up to. And like we talked just before we started recording, I need to get my way to Georgia one day. My mom has traveled there when she was 18, I think, and she still talks about the country to this day. That's how much impact it made on her. I love that.
0: Yeah, it, it definitely does something to you. The people and the food and the traditions that are still kept alive here. So yeah, we have to get you here at some point. Let's
1: get into it. I'd love to get to know uh, your story. And I'd like to start where I always start my interviews, which is tell me, what were you dreaming about as a child?
0: I think I was dreaming about what everyone told me I should be dreaming about. Eventually having a family and kids and going to college and getting this great job at some point. And I believe that and I kind of went through that motion and I did okay in high school I went to college I graduated with a degree in marketing and I got a 9 to 5 job and did that life and yeah that was kind of what I had always envisioned and and I did it and then at some point that path seemed to not be the one that I thought that I wanted and one day I woke up and said what the heck like You know, everyone tells you for so long as a woman, by this certain age and this certain time in your life, you should be at this monumental period. And I woke up one day and I was like, I'm not even close to that path. And that's not even the one I want. So I had this total life shift and mentality shift. And ever since then, I've been on this totally different path that I never expected to be on and one that I never knew I could be on. And ever since I've done that, things have just taken off in a way that I would have never imagined. My goodness.
1: It's like a lot of what you're saying is very resonating with me. It's at some point, it's like we wake up from the matrix or we escape the matrix and
0: we see that there is so much outside of that. Yeah, it was barely, I felt like I was barely a human when I was going through those motions and trying to accomplish those goals and buy the things that TV was telling me I needed and you know, once I kind of removed myself from that and opened my eyes, I realized I wasn't even living at that point. And yeah, it was a big shock to the system when that happened.
1: Yes. Oh my God. I can, I totally resonate with all of that. And I, I, I want us to spend a lot of time in that part, what helped you kind of make that jump. But before we get into that, just tell us a little bit more about your childhood. Where did you grow up? What was growing up
0: like for you? Sure. I grew up in uh, western Pennsylvania in a small town. My dad was a high school football coach, so my life was like Friday Night Lights meets Remember the Titans. I was that little girl on the sidelines, you know, cheering on the high school football players. And, you know, it was a very fun upbringing. I was very much a daddy's girl and I was very much a tomboy. I played sports. I played in the mud. I ran around with the boys and that was kind of my life growing up. Yeah, I mean, when you grow up in a place like that, it's like your future is, it probably means that you're going to be a teacher or a nurse or, you know, something where you're going to stay in that small town and that's your life. And, you know, when I started to get older and I started to see that there were more possibilities, I kind of realized I wanted to, I wouldn't say run away as quickly as possible, but. I wanted to experience more and I had always been different kind of growing up. I, you know, it was a little quirky and I would kind of do things in my own way. And I'd say stuff that people were like, ah, sure, sure. You'll do that. Or, you know, like, uh, we don't know why you dress like that. I was always trying to be ahead of the curve or just trying to think outside of the box, not to say that it was abnormal for, you know, a small town like that, but it was just not something that they were used to. And, and yeah. I always felt a little bit different in those situations and in those towns. I went to a big city. I moved to Los Angeles after I graduated college. And it was there that I found my tribe and found my people who you know, had these big dreams and aspirations and wanted to live this life that I could have never imagined. And when I started to see that stuff, my mind started racing and I started to picture all of these things that I could do. And yeah, ever since then, I haven't been able to sit still and I've always just been not working towards the next thing, but my mind just always races. And I'm always thinking, Oh, I want to do this. And I want to do that. And I'm starting to put a lot of those things into motion. And
1: yeah, it's been, <laughs> I've been doing that ever since. Amazing. Oh my gosh. There's uh, so a couple of things that I want to pull out from that. One, it's it's a thread that I'm starting to see, you know, one, one of the benefits of being the, the host and the interviewer where I get to speak to all these amazing women every week is that I'm starting to see these threads that emerge from all these different conversations. And And one of the threads that keeps coming up again and again is that how important it is to to surround yourself with people who will help you see bigger or help you just see what else is possible out there. We, I think we're, we're such social animals that it's important for us to see others like us doing things that we could never see possible, right? Everybody I talk to, that always shows up, that beaten word community. But it's true, you know, it's surrounding yourself with people who do things that you want to do.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I mean, living in LA and just being exposed to people who had all of these opportunities and where the opportunities were present gave me this one perspective that anything is possible. And then later that kind of shifted and now I'm more um, embedded in these tiny communities where the values are a bit different and you see things that are, they're striving towards different things, which are basically to just be happy in their everyday life. And I've definitely shifted more towards embracing that sort of community and mentality and surrounding myself with people like that. So it changes and it shifts and you grow with it and you find that it's incredible how you find those people when you're meant to.
1: Yes, it's like that saying, the teacher shows up when the student is ready, right? Or something like that. It's similar to that when we're ready, right? Because we could meet somebody at a point where in our lives when we're not yet ready to, to be impacted by them. So that's really cool. And I think the other thing that I wanted to just comment on what you said was that, and I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on this, but for me, I always had this urge. Well, let's say not always, but as I was getting into that traditional path, I also got a marketing degree and, and I got an MBA and I went and worked in all these big corporations and I was making a great salary. I had this urge And this like knowing feeling that is this really all there is to this life? Is this what I'm meant to be doing? Sitting in front of uh, Excel spreadsheet all day and, and in all these endless meetings. I don't know, it just felt so pointless to me. But the thing is that I was looking at folks around me and a lot of them were really happy and really content in that path. And I remember feeling that... I wish I was happy with this path. I guess what I'm trying to say is that I I don't want to ever say that one path is better than the other right? Somebody could be very happy in a traditional, secure employment and in a traditional environment and all the more power to them. Because if that's what makes you fulfilled and content, then that's great. For me, it just was never the case. I I always felt like something was missing. But sometimes I did think, I wish I was happy in this path because it's great. I have the salary. I have this prestigious job. It's great because this other path is definitely harder and we'll get into that. But I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, definitely. I uh, And there is a sense of security and a sense of accomplishment with doing those things. It's just not part of my DNA to be satisfied with that. And I had all of those things at some point. I had the great job. I had the boyfriend. We were looking at houses in LA and I had that same sort of feeling of of seeing my future and seeing the next 30 years and going, this is good, but it could be great. Am I settling? Am I okay with that? And I just wasn't. I was for a very long time. And then I woke up and I realized I'm not. And I had to do something about it. And I did something about it the very next day. And immediately My life shifted. And, you know, it's everyone's journey is different. And everyone, I think, has basic needs that are the same, but yet very different. And my basic needs were I needed freedom and I needed to push myself and I needed to see what I could accomplish. And I didn't want to do that in the US or in the way that I was doing it at that point. And I just immediately changed my entire life
1: my God, this is giving me goosebumps to hear that. I love those stories of taking that drastic step, that next step that's going to change your life because in some ways it's incredibly difficult to take that step, but in other ways... It's almost like you've been building up to that step. There's probably been changes that have been happening in you all the way up to that point. And then it's almost like this groundswell and then you act and then everything changes. So tell us more about that. Like, how did you go about? So you were in LA, you you had this marketing job, you were shopping for houses, you had your boyfriend, your life was kind of planned out in front of you. And then one day you woke up and you realized that's not all right for you. So how
0: did you actually go about changing all of that? Yeah. I mean, I had the perfect boyfriend and everything, and we were driving to actually look at a house and he could tell something was wrong. And he just said, pull over. And I looked at him and we both just knew like, I was not happy. And that was it. We didn't even really have this huge conversation about it or a fight about it or anything. He, he got it because he could tell that to that point, I was kind of searching for something more and and a little bit restless and just kind of questioning internally. It wasn't that I was unhappy, but just that I was kind of stuck. And, you know, we, we broke up right there in the car on the way to see this house and showing up to the realtors at that point and kind of walking through the motions, just because we had made this appointment was, was the worst thing in the world. But you know it also was this sense of relief and we went back to our apartment and sorted things out he left that day and gave me the space that i had needed and i he moved out within the next you know a few weeks and that was it and then from there i started to figure out how i could leave the job that i was in without totally throwing off my entire bank account and just burning through my savings and so I, I kind of internalized how I would do that, and I started making those steps. And it was extremely difficult. And my my family was like, "Why did you guys break up? What are you even doing?" And you know what? You're you're how old? And you're never gonna my mom, my poor mother was like, "You're never gonna get married. I'm never gonna have grandkids." And in my mind, I'm going, "I wasn't really gonna get married anyways, and I wasn't gonna have any kids anyways." Sorry, but that was never the plan. But anyway, so so yeah, I started just doing these things and taking these steps towards this path and this life that I knew that I wanted. And it involved having freedom, not sitting behind a computer all day, having more experiences in my life and becoming a more rounded person. I just felt so stifled in LA. I felt like I was just working to afford to buy this car that I needed to drive in LA and this house that I needed to live in. And it's like a vicious circle, right? Oh, it was such a circle. And as soon as I started traveling and, and my writing was picking up and I was still juggling everything, I would leave the US for months and be so content and so happy. And I realized you can spend so much less in other countries and live this amazing lifestyle. And... I kind of started to realize, okay, how can I live abroad? Where would I live? How could I keep going? Would I get a home base somewhere or would I just be fully nomadic? And I started selling all of my stuff. I got rid of my apartment. I sold my car and that was it. I just said, I'm gone. I'm out. I don't want to be in this rat race anymore. It's not for me. I want to have a lifestyle that is." Free and unattached to anything, and that was it. And I left. I did the digital nomad thing for a long time. I mean, I still kind of do it, but now I have a base in Mongolia and now I'm in Tbilisi, Georgia, just because of the world circumstances. But yeah, I still have very few things, and I like it that way. I'm able to pick up and leave when I want to, not that I want to or need to right now, but yeah, I don't feel attached to things that would make me unhappy or going into the rat race anymore. I feel like I am in control and I'm able to create my own freedom and my own destiny at this point.
1: Oh, I love it. I love it so much. Brianna, it's like you're, our paths are actually quite uh, similar in that way. And and everything that you're sharing right now is resonating with me so much. It's almost like I could. Sp- I could say exactly the same things about how my path unfolded. and it's it's amazing when you find people who are doing uh, similar things. That's awesome. You know a couple of things that I want to point out here is that one, the decision to do this is difficult. but w- once you decide, it's actually quite simple, right? you you in a sense that like you you sell off your things, you get rid of your car and you just go. like the actual practice of that is so simple but the decision to do it and to commit to it and go for it that that's what I think is so hard and scary
0: and difficult right there were days when I was sitting on my couch just sobbing like did I make the right decision is am I can I do this am I tough enough am I okay being alone and then you have all this time to think and actually having that time and that that release of emotions and and just responsibility made me more confident in the decision and who I am and knowing that I know I don't like this and I know I like this and, and being okay with that and then being unapologetic about it. And that's the thing people, I mean, we say, I'm sorry so much as women, especially. And I, at some point told myself, I'm not going to say I'm sorry about making any decision about my life anymore. And no one else is going to tell me that it's the right decision or the wrong decision. I, I, that's for me to determine. And I won't push that on anyone either. Like Everyone's able to make their own decision and they should. And <laughs> I mean, coming to that realization was huge. And I wish that I had known that sooner about myself, but I, you have to go through those Tests in those different parts of your life to understand these things. So everything happens when it's meant to. I think what this shows me about you is that you have
1: and you had this courage to admit to yourself that things weren't working and then to really have the courage to try to figure out a new way to be for yourself. And it's funny that we're talking about this now because I just finished the. watching little fires everywhere. That thread of a woman and her choices throughout life and how she made the choices that she was supposed to make all throughout her life. And then she meets another woman and that woman is living so freely and so inside her own authentic self. And with all the absolutely opposing choices that she made throughout her life and when that woman sees her she cannot stand it and they become like almost mortal enemies and (laughs) she cannot stand that expression of authenticity and bravery for pursuing your own path in this way because because she's realizing that she hasn't she kind of lost herself in the process and then a lot of things happen watch this show if you haven't yet it's it's a it's an amazing show but that that's kind of to me is similar to what we're saying here is that having that bravery to make choices that are authentic to you rather than what everyone else and the society and the media is telling us that we need to do it's it's bravery and it's courage because it is difficult we do doubt like you said, am I I making the right choice? Am I focusing on the right things? And I think the other thing is having that time and that stillness to hear your own voice in the sea of all the opposing voices and ideas that
0: come into your head from elsewhere. Oh my gosh, yes. The voices are everywhere. And they come at you from every direction with, you should be doing this, and you would love this and that. And I just have to say, like, sometimes, no, that's not my path. My vision is this, and I'm not going to be sidetracked. And that's a huge problem these days, especially mm-hmm. with social media and, yeah. you know, seeing and comparing yourself to everyone else and what they're doing. And, you know, I naturally am curious. I do go down all of those paths, but I have to kind of rein it in a lot and say, that doesn't serve your greater purpose or your greater goals, you know, it's great that you're curious, but stay on task and realign yourself and don't get, don't go down the wrong path. And that is harder than it seems, of course, but it definitely has led me to meet a lot of the goals that I've set up for myself. And it's gotten me to the places where I knew I wanted to be. So, and then saying no, I mean, flat out, that's hard sometimes and turning Mm -hmm. down jobs or turning down these great shiny opportunities that might seem irresistible at first, you know, you've been down that path before, you know, that the end result is not going to be one that will do you good. So yeah, Mm -hmm. saying no, that's been a huge thing also.
1: Yeah. And I love that you brought it up. What I've been thinking about recently is this idea that we all have the same amount of time in our days, in our weeks, in our years. And it's so important for us to decide how we're going to use that time and what we're going to focus on. right? And so for me, it's almost been like this decision to guard my time and to use my time to focus on things that really matter to me. And yeah, like you said, maybe there's this shiny opportunity that sounds great on paper, but if it doesn't serve the greater vision that I have for myself than having that courage to say no to that and really just stick to the vision that you have for yourself. And, And that also comes with, again, experience, but also hearing that and knowing what that vision is for yourself, right? When you don't know what that vision is, then how can you measure that against all these different opportunities that come in? Then you try to pursue everything
0: and it's important to not get too ahead of yourself and say in 5 years i want to have written for this publication have these awards i you have to set baby steps and you have to set little goals and just stay consistent and like you said energy and time are finite things if you're just constantly making progress towards those little things the bigger things will follow and you know don't get discouraged if you don't meet that goal or if you don't get that award or that assignment doesn't get picked up it will happen if you just continue to learn from it and listen to the feedback and yourself and you know where you need to be going. And don't be afraid to change that vision and readjust it to what's happening in your life and what you want to be happening. I think that's what people get so stuck on. They say, I had this thing. I mean, yeah, I had this thing that I wanted to be doing by this age, by 30. And and then you don't do it. And then you feel just deflated. And that's not great. That's not the way it should be. I think you should be proud of yourself. I mean, we're going through very difficult times and unprecedented situations. Be proud of yourself for getting up that day and opening your computer. And even if you only answer three emails, you know, normally you answer 30, that's okay. That's you listening to your body and respecting yourself and your time. Just listen to yourself and move forward and just stay consistent and you'll get where you need to be when it's meant to be.
1: Oh, I love that. I love that so much, Brianna. And yeah, that's exactly what I would say as well, that listening to your body is so important. You know, for me, it's really hard <laughs> to follow that advice myself because my, my personality, I'm an achiever. I always, I work hard. I, I have a really uh, big stamina, so I can do a lot and I can work into the night. And then all of that collects in my body, you know, all of those hard achieving, <laughs> hard achieving hours and all of that. And and then I tend to burn out, I guess is what I'm saying. And lately, that's been my journey is to really start listening to my body when it tells me, okay, you have to get up, you have to go do something else. D- don't work for a week even, which is like radical, not working for a
0: week. you know." As a freelancer, that's a very hard concept sometimes, but... I, yeah, you have to listen to yourself. We idolize that being busy and having meetings and you know it's it's tied to this sense of accomplishment and ego. Like if you're busy, you must be successful, but we need to get out of that mentality. That is so toxic and it's just even if you're doing the thing that you love, you're gonna end up hating it. And that would be such a shame.
1: Yes. I love that you, uh, you brought up accomplishment, that this concept of accomplishment, because this conversation is really serendipitous because I'm, I keep uh, bringing up things that I just literally saw the other day, which are relevant here. But I, I just saw someone post actually on, on, on Instagram the other day, uh, this observation of American photographer Vivian Meyer. There is a documentary about her, I think, called Finding Vivian Meyer, which I haven't watched yet. But so this other photographer I follow, she posted that we, especially as photographers, as writers, as, let's say, influencers in this field, creators, we put so much on this idea of accomplishing and being published and being recognized by someone, by some authority, right, in, in our field, by, yeah, by validation of Our creativity, our art, our work, our efforts. And she was saying that Vivian Meyer, for years and years and for decades, she went out on the streets and photographed and was committed to her craft without anyone noticing, without anyone publishing her, without anyone giving her any recognition. For years, she was doing that before she became this famous photographer, let's say. I mean, I I don't know if I'm telling the story exactly right because I haven't watched the documentary, but that just, like, that touched something in me, you know, this idea that we need to be validated and our craft needs to be validated by some external force, let's say. Does it, though?
0: No. I mean, that's beautiful that she just did it for the love of doing it. And I think we lose sight of that so much because... Yeah, now it becomes this competition against other yeah, like you said photographers and writers and seeing what they're doing and what you're doing and when you step back and think, okay, well why did I get into this in the first place? Sometimes you're totally you're totally off from that and you've just lost your way and your passion and I think that if people went back to focusing on the things that truly made them happy and drove them and the subjects and the experiences that really made them realize why they do what they do. I mean, we would be creating totally different content. And the content we would be creating would be so much more valuable. And I think we're actually moving in that direction. And I do see kind of people being more authentic to themselves and their story and what they want other people to know and to learn from them. And I love that. I love following those people who have stuff to say and, and aren't afraid to say what might not be a popular opinion or what you've never heard before because, you know, people want to hear like top 10 lists and three-day itineraries and stuff like that, which are great. And trust me, I write a ton of them. But I would rather talk about, you know, a tribe in Mongolia and spend a week with them learning from them and and doing it almost for myself instead of for the story. And sometimes I don't even write the story. Because I don't want to share their story in a way that's not, you know, it's not my place to say it sometimes. And I don't want to ruin that culture. And I don't want to create this kind of Instagram reality where people are just going there just to take a photo and not learning anything. They're not eating with the locals. They're not, you know, learning the traditions or, or even trying to understand the language or the, the nuances that make them different. So, Yeah, sometimes I just don't write the story so that I can keep it authentic for myself.
1: I love that you bring this up. I've noticed about myself and on trips, I I often miss many shots, let's say. I often don't take a lot of photographs that I could have probably taken because similar to what you're saying, this behavior of photographers I see a lot on media trips and, and such that, you know, you just go, you take Without permission, without any respect, any even consideration for the subject that you're photographing. It's like we're all in, we own the place, you know. And all of that just rubs me in such a bad way. And I've probably missed a lot of opportunities to take these great photos that would blow up my instagram or whatever that is but yeah it's just it's similar to what you're saying that you don't write the story sometimes because i think what what we're circling around here is ethical behavior of storytellers and travelers where is that line between sharing another culture with the rest of the world in a ethical and respectful way and coming and taking and even posing as an authority on something that you were never an authority in the
0: first place. Which is, it's hard as a writer. You have to kind of teeter that line of, you know, I am an authority when I've been in a city for three to five days versus like writing a story about a city that you've lived in for 10 years and still feeling like you've missed a lot of the nuances and the things that make that place special. But I think we're starting to value those experiential type stories that are more narrative and more this is what i learned from it and what i took away from it instead of just recounting you know this is this is how they cook and it's weird and i i hate when people do that i hate when they say that's so weird that they eat that it's like yeah, but that's what they know. I mean, have you seen where they live? Like, that's how they survive, and they've been doing it for thousands of years. They think that what we
1: eat is weird. It's the colonialist approach, right? It's saying that only the Western way is the normal way, and everything else is weird. Yeah, there's... Uh, I, and and I, you're right, there's so many conversations that are happening now in this space, which is great to see that finally we're talking about this more more openly. Goodness, so much to to discuss with you, Brianna. I love this conversation. I'm so happy that uh, that you came on to the show. Let's come back a little bit to uh, your path, right? So you did that courageous thing. You sold off all your things, and you became a digital nomad, and eventually with a base in Mongolia and Belize. So. Tell us a little bit more about that path, and I'm sure there's been challenges on that path. It's not easy to to do this, like we've said. It's easy in some ways, but in other ways, it's not easy at all. So tell us a little bit more about this, uh, this period in your life.
0: Yeah, it's been an interesting path. I mean, I didn't choose the typical places that people pick up and go to London where they at least speak my language or Paris that people dream about going to, I went to freaking Mongolia. And, you know, I started going around like Central Asia, which was totally foreign to me in this crazy place. And I was born there, by the way, I was born in Central Asia. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Did you go to Kazakhstan? Were you I did. Japan? I did. Oh my God. That's amazing. I loved, I loved it. I love these places. I mean, they're so different. And they are so underrepresented in media and in photos and just storytelling in general that I just love bringing awareness to the most basic things there, just from what they eat and how they spend their days to, you know, the bigger festivals and the things that do get a little bit more coverage. But yeah, I kind of started to explore these places and one of my first trips after I kind of gave up everything and decided that this was my new life, was to Mongolia. And I was going just to do a two-week trip. And that trip changed my life. I met, his name's Eric Cooper. He's now my partner in Moto Mongolia, which are the motorcycle tours that we run in Mongolia. It was his trip. So I was coming with him and seeing this crazy place that was in the middle of nowhere that I didn't even plan on going to. I had no idea what to expect. I just showed up and was like, okay, I'm here. Now what? And the things that they showed me and it pushed my limits. It's so difficult there. And the people are so generous. And it just made me rethink my entire life and what I valued and how these people were so happy with, I mean, basically nothing. They live off of the land. They live off of their herds and they're so smiley and happy and just it changed my entire view of what I wanted to prioritize in my life. And I. after that, I said, I'm going back. And I made it a plan to go back that next summer. And then I started being based there.
1: Yeah, I had exactly the same experience in Mongolia, too. We got lost on the way to Lake school in northern Mongolia. And we literally just stopped at the first yurt that we saw. Or actually, it's called Gare. So we stopped at the first one that we saw and, you know, we asked them, hey, can we spend the night here? Because we're so far away from any, like, hostel or anything else. And they took us in and it was one of the most incredible nights of my life. And exactly, I had the same feeling that such radiance and such happiness and smiling and just being in the moment really and just being present in what they're doing
0: oh my gosh the presence thing (laughs) yes you are totally present there because you're afraid you're either afraid for your life because you're riding on this road that's non-existent or you're on this horse that's crazy but you are so present there and I just it changed me being in Mm. that feeling in that moment. Yeah, that's totally normal to go up to a gear there. They used to not even lock them or close them and they would leave food on the stove in case another herder came by and needed a place to sleep for the night and had a meal. So that's just the type of community and just everyone looking out for each other that I had missed. I mean, in the US, it's so me, 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 so individual. And that's great, but you at our basic core as humans, we need that community and we need that sense of feeling like you're not alone in this world and and just I, it's just such a magical place i think everyone should go and yeah i mean clearly you had an amazing experience as well so yeah i want to hear more about your experience there
1: yeah no it was crazy it was absolutely and and i had the same realization as you like it it really changed my life in that one of the things that happened to me on that trip is I start feeling like a badass.
0: <laughs> you are a badass, first of all, but okay.
1: <laughs> but I didn't feel like it before, you know, and here I am uh, driving through this wilderness with no road, literally, like, you, you know, there was like... <laughs> And for our listeners, the WAS is this beast of a machine. It's a Soviet-made machine that's like this, I don't even know what's the proper word for it, but look it up. It's just this, literally a beast. And, and we're going off-road in, 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 into the steps, into the wild, and we're, we're driving. And all of a sudden, the, the driver t- takes completely left turn. And he's like, and I'm like, what's happening? Why are we turning?
0: And he's like, there's a wolf. And, and then we're chasing the wolf. <laughs> Because Yeah, they, they feel like they have to chase them when they see one. It's this thing with the men there. They feel like they have to chase it and then shoot it and then they capture their spirit. Oh my gosh. I can't. Oh, okay. Yeah. Keep going. Tell me more.
1: No that was it and they, and they said and I'm like why are we chasing the poor wolves and they're like no it, because it, it gives men virility right mm-hmm. it's something about virility and 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 if you see a wolf i think it's a good luck uh, for a man it's giving you more power or what have you and in that moment i was like oh my god i i, I just realized i'm in mongolia i'm chasing a wolf i'm <laughs> in this trip that i haven't taken a shower in 7 days or something and we just spent a night in the gear and i don't know i just had this realization come down on me. I'm like, I'm a badass. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: that's and that's a typical story there. That's not even like this relatable occurrence. That's how it goes there. You're, you know, doing one thing one minute and then either the furgon breaks down or you see an animal or this and that. You never know what can happen there. And that's also it. It teaches you to kind of let go. And I always call it Mother Mongolia because no matter what you have planned, it's not gonna happen that way I mean something's gonna get thrown in the way from the weather to you know like I said the car breaking down or seeing a wolf or something so you just kind of have to go with the flow there and you kind it teaches you to be prepared because if you don't have snacks or if you don't have the right clothing like you're in trouble so it teaches you a lot of things and yeah, it makes you feel like a badass and you are a badass, first of all. But yes, I definitely, it does that to you. It makes you feel like, oh my gosh, if I survive this, I can survive anything. Exactly. And,
1: and it's almost like this, it's a lesson in dancing with the universe and really, just like dancing with this randomness that happens, and that's exactly why I love one of the reasons why I love Jordan and why I spend so much time in Jordan because you know I also do groups to Jordan. Uh, well, I, I I did before the pandemic, and that's also one of the things. Like travel there is never going to go according to plan. There's always going to be something that's going to go wrong. Something's going to fold like fall through. And as a trip leader, and as a um, group leader, where you're bringing a group of people there, that's a lot of responsibility and pressure because, well... A lot of Western travelers expect things to go according to plan, always. If they were exposed to a lot of those places, then no. But if they weren't, then that's how they kind of expect it to be. And I actually say that in the beginning of the trip, I always tell people, listen, this is not going to go according to plan. You know, I set the (laughs) expectations because I know. Uh, But for me, that's the beauty of it. You know, I love that. It's like that dance with the universe that we're doing. And I love that so much.
0: Yes, yes. It's a lot of pressure on you to make sure that everyone is satisfied and and always happy but the moment i think people start to let go and they have all this stress that they're holding in and these expectations and then once you just say let go and just be in the moment i think everyone does the same thing we did and have that aha moment oh my gosh like i'm present i'm here okay like whatever happened is fine i know that the itinerary said this but this is better because you you end up in a local's house or you end up on this farm or place that you never expected to be, and those are some of my best memories. And the things that I take away from those trips are those lessons and how you deal with that stuff. So I embrace those you never know what kind of what's going to happen moments.
1: Amazing, amazing. So I'm curious, in your time now, being based in Mongolia, being based in Belize, writing for Forbes, and running your trips, and I think I saw in your bio that you're even considering opening a hotel in Belize, which is sounds incredible. And we'll get into like your, your projects and what you're working on now. But in, in that time that you've been on this path, did you meet or did you get to learn from other women in this field who are doing uh, some incredible things? And if so, how did that impact you? And the reason I'm asking that question because my experience has been that I've been mostly alone on this path for the past however many years. And that's one of the reasons why I'm doing Genius Women now to try to build this community. So I'm just curious, like how has your experience has been in that regard?
0: I think I feel like you. I've felt very not alone in this path, but I felt like I had to pioneer my own path and, you know, do it in a way that made sense for me. I I didn't have Mentor. I didn't have, you know, editors who have totally changed my way of writing. I haven't had people like that. I've had to do it myself a bit. I've learned, I think, more from the locals that I've encountered the local women who run either the guest houses or the restaurants, or they're making wine or they're making crafts and stuff like that. I think I've learned more from them just in general, how to talk to people, how to run a business, how to be happy and have a balance of work and life. Cause I think that when I'm abroad, I see that there's a much better work-life balance in a lot of these places, especially when it comes to the women and having a family and still being successful and running things smoothly, seeing that they do it and they're they're genuinely happy and they're genuinely doing these things because they love it. They're not doing it because they're gonna get rich. I mean, when they run a guest house or a restaurant, they're not gonna be rich. They're not gonna you know, to buy a Bentley next year because they've made all this money. They genuinely are just doing it because it's what they love doing. And just seeing them, you know, be happy and authentic to themselves in that way. That's been the most inspiring to me.
1: I love that. And that's the sense that I always get. And one of the reasons why I'm ready to leave the States as my base, because the same thing, I always go to all these incredible places and I come back to the US and I'm like, Why am I here? Why am I trying to fit in this very individualistic, very lonely in a
0: lot of ways, very competitive, capitalistic environment? The competitive thing, I mean, it's, I think writers in general look at each other and go, it's me or you, okay. And a lot of times now I just say, it can be you. I'm okay with that. I'm okay going hiking tomorrow and not getting that one story that isn't going to change my life anyway. So it can be you and I'm okay with that.
1: My mindset has changed over the years where I was definitely in the beginning in that scarcity mode of there's only so many opportunities to go around and one of them is going to get it. And now I actually, I don't feel like that anymore. I feel more like we all have stories to tell and we all have unique Voices and unique experiences. and so my story does not compete with your story. and it's just such a better way to to live, you know
0: exactly. there's opportunities for everyone. I mean, yeah, everyone is unique. We each have a different perspective. and I think once you realize that and you kind of are true to that and you do tell your stories in a way that, you know, is true to you, then people approach you and you're not running down that, you know, list of, okay, it's, I have to do this and I have to do that. They come to you because they want to hear your story or they want to hear your perspective on something because now you're the authority on it. So when you're true to yourself like that, it just, the opportunities just appear out of nowhere. You'll be thinking about something and then all of a sudden you'll get the email and it's like, this serendipitous, like, how did did I create that? Did that was this on my vision board? But yeah, when you do it that way, you're not competing and you're not thinking in that way that it's you know there's one story and only one of fifty writers is going to get it. No, there is plenty of stories and there is an opportunity for you to tell it, and it just might be in a place that you didn't expect it to be. But that's okay. I mean, you're still going to be doing what you love to be doing and and telling it in a way that's true to you, and that's also sometimes hard. Is you think you have to tell a story because it's the way that that publication wants it or that they've traditionally like published stories about that. And sometimes it doesn't fit with what you want to get across. And you have to turn it down and say, again, say no and know that it's not for you and do it in a way that you do want to do it and that it does feel comfortable to you.
1: I love it. I love it. Such great advice for our listeners. So tell me, what are you working on at the moment that's bringing you the most uh, joy?
0: Well, I am working on a Georgia travel website. It is meanwhileingeorgia.com. I'm just sharing my experiences adventuring and traveling to a a lot of the lesser known regions in the country. So anyone who has questions about traveling here, just getting it going, but there's a lot of tips on safety and I'll update it with new regulations on traveling here with the pandemic and everything like that. But it's very adventure focused. So it'll be hiking, off-roading, car camping, stuff like that. Um, I'm starting to go down the path of creating a motel here. Um, it's very early and I'm, I'm more or less just saying it to make myself accountable because you have to say it, you have to say it. That's the first step for sure. Exactly. So I'm visualizing it and I'm I'm going through the process and I'm getting it started, but hopefully that will come to fruition. And yeah, it's what I've been moving everything off of my plate to focus on. So hopefully I can bring it to reality.
1: And I will be one of your first guests to stay Yay. in your place. I, I can see it. It's going to happen. It's going wow. to happen for sure. Amazing. I love our conversation, Brianna. You have so much wisdom and so much inspiration really to be, like you said, unapologetic, to be bold, to be courageous and True to yourself. It's just so awesome. Um, tell me, what advice do you have for women who are feeling like the path that is unfolding in front of them is not something that they actually want and who are maybe considering making a switch? What would you tell them?
0: I would tell them it's okay to be selfish. It's okay to do something that's Unexpected from your family or from society or from what you were told you had to be doing since you were a little girl. It's okay to do stuff for yourself and to say no to something that doesn't fit into your happiness and your, you know, life that you want to have for yourself. And don't get down. Don't get, you know, frustrated because things don't happen immediately. Just stay consistent and work towards that life that you envision for yourself and it will manifest and just, yeah, stay consistent and keep going. And if you need help, reach out to me. (laughs) Happy to give you some words of encouragement. We're all badasses. So we're all in this together and we all feel the same way. So yeah, I'm here. I think we're all here.
1: I love it. I love it so much. You know, as women, we're really socialized to please others and to be accommodating and to be kind, gentle, which is all great. But when that accommodation comes at the expense of what you want, I think that's why it's so hard for us sometimes to say no to things and... It's, it's something that we need to raise in ourselves. It's something that we need to cultivate in ourselves, I think, because we have been socialized to, to do otherwise,
0: right? So, And the more we say it and the more people, you know, see women doing it, I think the more normal it will become. So I, I hope I get that across that we're all in this and we all feel these certain things and you're not alone. So we got this.
1: Amazing. I love it. Amazing. I uh, would like to continue speaking to you for one more hour, but we're going to start closing. And I would like to close with this question that I always close with. And it's a big one, but how would you start thinking about what does it mean to be a woman who is stepping into her
0: brilliance today? I think it just means constantly evolving and listening to yourself and doing that will help you reach your brilliance whatever that means to you and you know for everyone it's different my path is going to be different from your path and just be true to yourself and you're going to make mistakes we all do but you know don't apologize for them just quickly pick yourself back up and get back out there and you know just keep going i love it i
1: love it and something you said earlier about we are all in this together and you're not alone and you don't have to go through this alone. And sometimes it's just as simple as reaching out to someone who who speaks to you. Even if, if it's something on social media with you, if you see somebody's posting something that speaks to you, reach out. We also tend to feel like we need to go at it alone. And we absolutely don't. There is power in being connected and having a community. So definitely take those opportunities when they come across you don't have to do this alone and there's plenty of other women out there who are very generous with their advice with their stories with their encouragement and support because we all grow together when one of us grows we all grow together that's my message to everyone who's listening Brianna, thank you so much. It was a wonderful uh, chat and a wonderful conversation. And I think we have to bring you back to the podcast sometime and get an update on that hotel in Georgia.
0: Yes, yes, yes. I'm happy to update you at any point.
1: Amazing. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing an hour of your day with us today. I hope you found some inspiration in this episode with Brianna Wilson, and if so, please consider leaving us a review so that more listeners could find our show. Thanks again, and I'll see you next week for a conversation with a Moroccan-based photographer, Leonie Zeitune.